What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. And there's a decent chance you're only listening to my voice right now because someone told you to click on a link. And if so, that's fine. Feel free to leave. I already made money just from you getting to this point right here. Um, No, but in all honesty, we would love for you to stay and listen to the podcast. We think that it's a good one. If you care about sports, then hey, maybe these next 35 minutes will interest you. And even if you don't care so much, maybe you're just a casual sports watcher. Feel free to just put this on and just listen to the sound of my voice. We'll get to the episode with my co-host Sammy Long after a quick word from the sponsor. So that clip was from Kansas State beating Oklahoma earlier today. I don't know what the hell that was all about, but Oklahoma goes down to the Wildcats. Yeah, that was uh, pretty crazy. K-State getting a huge upset win, obviously. And, you know, Oklahoma was kind of getting the hype train. You know, Jalen Hurts is obviously still, you know, still having a great season, but that's, uh, you know, that Big 12 defense finally caught up to him. <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to change the intro up a little bit. Obviously, last time you heard me playing the – intro from the UW versus Oregon game last weekend, but I just don't think I'm ready to play that one or talk about that one yet. So we get some Oklahoma, Kansas state instead. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, we're going to, we're going to start calmly by, by talking about other teams before we get to ours. <laughs> yeah. And as we but yeah, because I know the Huskies are not, I don't want to talk about them right now. And I know that even maybe with the chiefs, there's a couple things going on. Obviously they're still in a great state in a good position, but we'll get to them later. You might have some things that you're upset with about the Chiefs. I don't know. Um, and as I look at my ticker of notable scores here, Michigan actually beats Notre Dame 3-0 to zero right now. We're still in the first quarter, but Michigan has the ball at up about the 50-yard line. Alabama is destroying Arkansas, but <laughs> Boston College is gaining some momentum on Clemson there. Uh, it is 17-7 to seven Clemson, but the Tigers have looked a little shaky this season, so you never know what can happen in that game. Trevor Lawrence not playing up to his preseason expectations. Yeah, um, you know, it's pretty crazy coming into the year. Everyone thought, you know, it was a two-horse race between Alabama and, and Clemson, but, you know, they've both actually shown a few signs of weakness. Obviously, you know, Tuos is hurt this week. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, is look, he's still a great player, obviously, but looked a little vulnerable at times. Um, Clemson and, you know, teams like Ohio State, LSU uh, uh, have looked really good, even Georgia at times, and Oklahoma up until this week. So, you know, it, it, the college football playoffs should be a lot more exciting this year than everyone thought it was going to be because, you know, in years past, sometimes it felt like it was like, you know, there was Alabama uh, and it was kind of everybody else or Clemson and everyone else. And, you know, whoever was getting in that four spot was kind of like, you know, just – about to get smacked uh, in the first, and they weren't really getting a chance to win. And now it feels like you know there's there's a couple different teams. There's like five to six teams that you feel like could really win this whole thing. Right, for sure. And I think I actually narrow it down to three teams, as I mentioned to you earlier. But three best teams in the country as of right now are Alabama, LSU, and Ohio State. And then there's a gap. Ohio State destroyed Wisconsin and Jonathan Taylor today. Alabama is Alabama. Even without two other rolling over Arkansas, they just win games. And LSU has won games over Florida and Auburn. Heisman favorite there in Joe Burrow looking great. And so I think those are the three teams. And then there's a gap. 
I think that this can be, if I may, expressed by an analogy. Um, the top three fat grossing fast food restaurants in America are McDonald's, Starbucks, and Subway. Okay, you get your McDonald's burgers, you know, iconic McDonald's, and then you get Starbucks for coffee, and then you get your Subway sandwiches, right? Those three right there at the top and then everywhere else. What happens when you get to number four? You get to Burger King. Uh-oh. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let, Burger King is not I'm the just going by best. the facts. Okay, I, I'm not saying it's the fourth best. I'm just going by the numbers in terms of highest grossing. Once you get to Burger King, then you say, uh-oh, well, we already have burgers in McDonald's. So I think that – so Burger King doesn't stand out there. Number four doesn't really have anything extra special to offer. And I think that it's the same as the fast food restaurants. It's the same as the college football teams. There's the top three, and then there's everybody else right now. And no, I'm sorry to disrespect Clemson like that because I respect them for winning 22 games in a row. I respect the hell out of them for clapping Alabama 44 to 16, but they beat North Carolina by one. And right now I just don't think they're looking that great this season in the ACC. Well, um, you're comparing Burger King to uh, Clemson. You know, I think that's a yes. little unfair. I, th- I think Clemson's more like a, um, a Taco Bell. You know what I'm talking about? Or maybe a Chipotle where, you know, you know, so- sometimes it's good for you. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes Taco Bell talks back to you in certain ways. I'm not going to discuss. And sometimes it tastes very well. And um, I think that if Clemson gets in, I think it's a little unfair because if, if you take on a clean slate, you say, I need – a game-winning drive from anyone in the country at quarterback, I might, I would still take Trevor Lawrence over anybody just because of his his resume and what he's done. You could argue Tua, you could argue maybe Jalen Hurts, you could argue a couple other guys, but um, not Jacob Eason, not Jacob Eason. Okay, <laughs> that. Uh, uh, how about my boy Keaton Slovis? But we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm still taking Trevor Lawrence and. You know, so I, I, if Clemson, I, which I think they're going to get in the tournament because they play a, a right. weak schedule. And, right. you know, I, I think they're going to be dangerous just simply because, you know, they do have Dabble Sweeney still and Trevor Lawrence. And I, I trust that combination more than most. Yeah. Oh, well, more than most. I mean, I trust that combination a fair amount, too. And they will get to the playoff. I just And they very well could make it to the championship or still win it. I'm just telling you that as of right now, I think they're the fourth best team in the country. And I don't think they've shown me this season that they're exactly on par with the top three. Yeah, I agree with that. Which and, and that 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 gets me to a little bit different of a point, but I wouldn't mind if they if they said down with the preseason rankings and didn't do preseason rankings anymore. And my reasoning for that is because Clemson is ranked number four in the country right now, which is fine. I mean, they started number one, so four is probably even a little bit low right now for the undefeated Tigers, but that is all built off them. Their, their ranking right now is all built off them beating Alabama in the championship last year. You know where they, you know who they would be right now if the rankings were solely based off of this season? They would be Minnesota. Minnesota is undefeated. They're ranked 17th in the country. So, why, I mean, I, listen, I think that obviously Clemson is better than Minnesota, but explain to me why, without any outside context of last year, Clemson is better than <coughs> Baylor or Minnesota. 
I agree. I completely agree with you, actually. And this is what I, I, I come back to on a couple of our different podcasts about, you know, it is frustrating sometimes that they take these teams that have had historically great, you know, your Alabamas and uh, the last couple of years, we'll say, you know, your Alabamas, your Clemsons and, and, you know, Alabama, a lot of the time they play a very weak schedule to the end of the year and they have to win one game against Georgia and they get in. Right. And it's a little frustrating because if you take, if you strictly, like you were saying, based it off this season, it would force teams to number one, play a harder schedule. And number two, I think you'd get a truer value of who really the four best teams are instead of, you know, um, them being ranked number one in the preseason poll. And it's really their, their number one seed to lose, you know, um, it, it's, it's going to get to them. It, you know, if they're going to get it over, right. Like you said, they're better than Minnesota, but the Minnesotas of the world, the UCFs of the world who just, who, you know, can't um, maybe prove well, it at the UCF same level is as they dead to me at this point. I mean, yeah. I see they're terrible, but, 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 you know, in years past, yeah. like there's some, uh, there's some schools that get the benefit of the doubt right. um, when others don't. And I think it really should just be, I like that you said that the, the not doing the preseason poll might help with that a little bit. Right. Well, and I think that with the loss of Oklahoma, especially actually um, there's a decent chance we get two SEC teams in it. I mean, if LSU loses a close game to Alabama, I mean, there's a one loss LSU with their only loss against Alabama probably could still get in. Um, from the Pac-12 team, maybe gets in. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's either Oregon has a shot, Utah has a shot, due to Washington choking at home against Oregon, blowing a 14 point lead. But I don't want to see the Ducks in it. At making a playoff if they went out. Yeah, um, you broke up there for a little, uh, for a little minute, oh, but uh, uh, yeah, the, the the Ducks, uh, the Ducks, you know, they're a nice team. Uh, they're facing my Trojans next week, which should be interesting. Uh, hopefully, my Trojans win that game. But uh, um, you know, Pac-12, it's funny. They're, they're a lot better than they yeah. have been the last two years, though. Even though they don't, they don't have maybe the the top heavy teams like some other do. They're very deep in the Pac-12. There's a lot of good teams in it that are tough outs for anyone on any given Saturday. And um, I, I think there's a lot of exciting, you know, uh, young coaches and, and young players, uh, you know, obviously like Hermit Hermo Edwards going to ASU. And I know Chip Kelly hasn't really worked out, but he's at UCLA. Like there's, right. there's a lot of, um, you know, you have your Washingtons, your USC's, your Oregon's, Utah's, you know. There's a lot of good teams that I think that they could really make a statement in this bowl season that, you know, the Pac-12 wasn't a pushover. They're, they're a Power 5 conference and deserve to be talked about. So. Right. Speaking of USC, let's, let me play a quick clip from last night, USC versus Colorado, of the golden boy Keaton Slovis. Now for SC, Slovis in the pocket, throws middle, caught by Pittman to the 20, to the 15, he gets to the touchdown, USC. He got... So Slovis connected with Michael Pittman, and USC came back from down 10 in Boulder to beat the Buffaloes. USC obviously looking miles better than they did last year. Probably going to be just good enough for Clay Helton to keep his job if they can stay in contention for this Pac-12 South, which they are currently leading. And, yeah, you know, I mean, Utah is the only other team at this point that it looks like can contend for the Pac-12 South. Arizona State, as we speak, is actually losing to UCLA. But 
and Utah might lose in Seattle to Washington next week, in which case the path is just cleared for USC to somehow win the South um, as they currently sit at five and three. But you know, you got you USC could win the South, in which case Clay Helton probably keeps his job and Urban doesn't go to SC, or who knows how that works out. I think it's completely contingent on Urban. I think if if Clay. You know, I I, I got to give Clay some credit. You know, I've been a critic. Uh, you know, a lot of USC fans obviously have wanted Clay Allen out. I've been one of those too. But you know, I mean, what he's done. Think about what USC's gone through. They lost JT Daniels, their starting quarterback, a half in the first game of the season. They have dealt with a plethora of injuries with Hufanga out, or star safety Drake Jackson on the D line, uh, Malapai, Malapai and Stephen Carr, the top two running backs, were out last night. They had a kid Keenan Christian from San Diego. Uh, and who's been tearing up in a great receiving core. Um, you know, he's been able to do with, you know, losing JT Daniels, then going to Slovis and him looking really good, even winning with Matt Fink for most of the game at Utah, or not at Utah, but uh, against Utah, um, has been pretty crazy. So, you know, if he gets to the Pac-12 championship game and is somehow able to win it, um, I think there's a case to be made. I think that if Urban wants to go to SC, which it sounds like he does, I think – He's done. The only way Clay keeps his job, I think, is if they win the Pac-12 championship and get to a big bowl game or a pretty big bowl game and, you know, put on a big performance. Um, but, you know, you got to be – I'm very excited about Keaton Slovis. He looks really poised. Even Notre Dame in the loss a week ago, like, stayed calm, hostile environment against a good Notre Dame defense and, like, you know, through two or three touchdowns, something like that, and – uh Looked good last night, stayed poised. Colorado looked like they were going to win the game, and he came back and won it. So I really am excited for Keaton Slovis, who's a true freshman going forward. And, you know, if uh, Urban Meyer is going to be there, it's going to be exciting to see what he's going to be able to do with him. Yeah. Um, I think that just about covers it as far as what we need to discuss with college football for right now. I mean, I could go on for hours, but we're at 14 minutes here, and we have a couple other sports. That's the good thing about being in this season is that you know, college football won't get as much airtime. One particular sport won't, but we also have the NFL, the NBA. Anyway, I mean, I'm not going to force you to talk about baseball here, but I am going to ask you if you saw Clayton Kershaw choke in the postseason for the Dodgers. Yes, I did watch that game, and it was uh, it was hard to watch. Uh, I'm not I'm not a big baseball guy, but uh, you know, I do. It was, it was a place in my heart for the Dodgers. Um, that that was tough. That was, uh, you know, the MLB is just losing viewership so fast. They were hoping that there would be a, a Dodger Yankee World Series, and you know that would be huge ratings. That would, that would be a, that would be something that everyone wanted to tune in to watch. But instead, they got we got a a Washington Houston World Series, which is you know pretty amazing what Houston's been able to do. But uh, or not Houston, but uh, uh, Washington after being nineteen and thirty one at one point in the season, but. Um, you know, there is the World Series going on, and that seemed to be less less important than the NFL, NBA, and college football this week. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's mind num- The last thing I'll say on that note is that it's mind numbing that one of the greatest athletes of our time, speaking on Clayton Kershaw, one of the greatest athletes of our time from the regular season, just has completely folded time and time again in the postseason. I don't really understand it. Um, game four is on right now. I hope the Nationals win the series. The Seattle Mar- my Seattle Mariners are now the only team that's never played in the World Series, so that's fun. But <laughs> my teams are just awful. <laughs> They're just the worst. Huskies are good, but not this year. And your Giants are showing some promise. They're showing some promise, but 
the first I'll get to them. The first topic I want to talk about in the NFL, I'll let you. I think I think we owe a certain player. I've said this a few times. I think there's a certain NFL player that we all owe an apology, and you'll find out who it is as I play this clip. Okay, so in case you we owe Marquez Valdez scamming, <laughs> in case you can tell, Valdez scamming <laughs> is not the player I'm referring to. Um, so we don't, we do not owe Scantling an apology. Um, <laughs> we we owe Mr. Aaron Rodgers an apology, or at least for the time being, we do because he showed us why he is one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL with six touchdowns against the Oakland Raiders, the Green Bay Packers. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are six and one. I think they're either five and one or six and one. I think they're six and one. They're six and one. Um, they're six and one. They're looking like one of the top teams in the NFL, really, right now. Uh, right up there with the Patriots, and I hate to say it, but the 49ers at this point, um, and the Saints. And my Chiefs when they're healthy, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers is still a great player, and, you know, what he's been able to do, especially without Devontae Adams, has been pretty special. Um, last week, you know, the Raiders, you know, coming in 3-2 and two at the time. Um, obviously, my Chiefs got a big dub or a big victory against the Broncos. Defense looked good, but, you know, Mahomes went down, so they're thinking the Raiders that maybe they could try and make this thing a, a, a race for the division title, but – you know, the, the, the Packers just shut him down. Aaron Rodgers looked like he was five years younger. And, um, yeah, it was cool to watch. They're, they're playing my Chiefs in uh, Arrowhead Sunday Night Football this week. So, um, you know, as uh, that's going to be interesting. My Chiefs are kind of playing with house money. They're, they're, Matt Moore is the quarterback. And uh, Frank Clark, Chris Jones are all out. Kendall Fuller on the defense. So there's there's some issues there. But, you know, we'll, we'll see if, you know, if he can replicate that going into a hostile environment. Obviously, the Chiefs defense has been heavily criticized the past couple of years. But, you know, something that kind of got lost in the, all the whole Mahomes um, injury madness was, um, you know, the defense played played great last week against Denver. They had nine sacks, uh, which is something that we haven't seen in three years from a Chiefs defense. Um, so, you know, that'll be an interesting uh, battle to watch Sunday night. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited for that Chiefs-Packers Sunday night game. Um, would you like to hear my top five NFL power rankings? Well, let's hear them. Is this, is this, is this, uh, oh, according to, yeah. to now, or is this who you think is the top five best teams when healthy? This is who I, this is just, uh, my criteria is just top five best teams in the NFL. That's, okay. that's all, all I'm right. going to explain on it. L- let's hear it. All right. Let's start from five. Um, well, I'm going to start with one. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, number one, <laughs> no, I hate to say it, New England Patriots, you know, same old thing. The Patriots absolutely destroyed the New York Jets. They're 7-0. and They're going to coast through their division, although the Bills only have one loss, which is to the Patriots. But either way, the Patriots will probably have – they have the best defense in the NFL, which is just absolutely ridiculous considering how good their offense is on a year-to-year basis with Tom Brady, Bill Belichick at coach. They have a large assortment of weapons. Julian Edelman. They'll have Josh Gordon. Um, Philip Dorsett is good. They're running backs. Uh, they have a great barrage of running backs. Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead. 
James White, and they do have the best defense in the NFL, which seems to score 30 to 35 fantasy points a week. Stephon Gilmore might be the best cornerback in the NFL. They have Devin McCourty. The Patriots will have the one seed clinched by week 16 yet again. The one – I'll give – I can give you an Achilles heel for the Patriots. If And I, I don't even know if this is an Achilles heel because I'm not going to call arguably the greatest quarterback of all time an Achilles heel, especially once we get – to the postseason, I'm I'm not. That's not at all what I'm saying. He, he's not a weakness, but as of right now, Tom Brady has not been playing amazing. Okay, he has 11 touchdowns and four picks through almost half the season. He's on pace for a very mediocre season. When he does get good throws and yardage in, it's almost always on checkdowns. His deep throw capability just doesn't really appear to be there right now. And Tom Brady, I mean, I don't doubt that when the po- he's clutch and in the postseason he'll play well. But as of right now, he's not playing all that special. And I'll get to team number two unless you have something to add on the Patriots. No, I uh, I agree with you. I think that, you know, the Patriots, are they a great team? Yes, they are. They're going to be a tough out for anybody. But let's I mean, be real here. They played uh, some terrible teams. The only real team they played is the Bills. And frankly, we were watching that game together. We thought they should have lost that game. Josh Allen doesn't get knocked out of the game yeah. in the fourth quarter. So, 100%. so I, I, you know, the Patriots a little bit. They, they start their run here. They play the Browns. They play the Ravens coming up. They got the Chiefs in four weeks. Um, you know, they got the Cowboys. So, so we'll see about how you know how they play better that they're on the back end of their schedule a little bit. Um, are they a great team? Yes, but Tom Brady has not looked the same. As you look closer in the last last year's playoffs, people forget. He threw two touchdowns and three interceptions. And, and if, if D4 lines up on side, it kills me this day. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time the he Super Bowl, said if D4 lines up on sides. If D4, if D4 line up on sides, he threw an interception to, quote, the worst defense in the league last year and uh, is not winning Super Bowl, uh, whatever what was the Super Bowl last year, Super Bowl 53, something like that. Yeah, 53. Um, um, so, you know, he really – and now all this talk about him possibly not being there next year, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't know how it's gonna all going to hold up later on in the year. Yeah, it's, it's very suspect, as you said. The talks about him, Adam Schefter saying he wants out of New England, uh, very suspect. And our number two team, my number two team, is the New Orleans Saints, who are 6-1. and one. When Drew Brees went down and they were 1-1, one one, they had a couple tough games coming up against the Seahawks and Cowboys. And Drew Brees was out, but they responded after that Rams loss. Teddy Bridgewater. And here, here's the thing. Here's the reason why I put the Saints at number two rather than lower is because it's not like Teddy Bridgewater has been playing flukishly good and we're just waiting for that to come crashing down or Drew Brees to not play much better than the flukishly hot level Teddy Bridgewater has been playing at. Teddy Bridgewater has been playing good, but not great. It's been the Saints defense this year. That has been killer. They've been clutch. Um, obviously, Michael Thomas leads the league in receiving, maybe the best receiver in the game. Kamara's been hurt, too, and he's going to be back. I think he's questionable for this week. Drew Brees, when he gets back, uh, I mean, the Saints just look really good. The only thing I'm worried about with the Saints is that Drew Brees just gets so unlucky that it would not surprise me that the second he comes back is the second the defense goes back to its old ways of giving up 35 points per game and Drew Brees also I love the guy 
and I think he'll do well, but there's a chance that, I mean, the guy's 40 years old, about to be 41, coming off an injury. Hopefully he can play well, and hopefully the defense can sustain. I, I got to tell you something. Yeah, I, I think it. them playing Drew Brees this week is so stupid. Oh, I agree. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater is 5-0. and You're playing the Cardinals. So uh, they're playing I the Cardinals. Yeah, they're playing, yeah, they, they're yeah. playing the Cardinals. So uh, it's a, good, a big game. But I, and I believe they have their bye next week. Right. Play Teddy Bridgewater. He's 5-0. and Let Drew Brees keep healing. That's two extra weeks. If he, you know, Again, like you said, he's 40 years old. The guy's not you know, 25. You know, uh, let, let his thumb heal up. Let him be, get him ready for playoff time. I think it's so stupid to play him this week. Let Teddy Bridgewater run the show. He's been able to do it so far. And, you know, uh, hopefully they can go 6-0 and without him, but now they're rushing him out there. So I, I don't get that at all. Yeah, and I just confirmed they do have their bye after the Cardinals. So he would be more than ready to go for the Atlanta game November 10th. But it, you're, you're absolutely correct. It doesn't make any sense. A, they could probably beat the Cardinals with Bridgewater. And C, it's not like this is an elimination game. It's not like it's – week 15 and they're on the fringe of the playoffs and they absolutely need a win. No, they're six and one and the rest of their division save maybe for Carolina is not good. I mean, they could lose this game and still win the, easily win the division. They could lose their next four games and probably still maybe win the division. It just doesn't make any sense why there's a sense of urgency to rush him back against the Cardinals. But you look at the saints schedule the rest of the way it's Cardinals by Falcons, Bucks, Panthers, Falcons, 49ers, Colts, Titans, Panthers. A lot of iffy teams in there, not a ton of great teams. I put the Saints at two, and I think that they will finish at the very worst 11 and five, probably somewhere closer to 12 and four or 13 and three. Awesome. So, what's your team number three? Team number three, you'll be pleasantly surprised, is, or maybe not surprised, is the Chiefs. I actually put at three. And I had them at number two, just behind the Patriots for most of the season. You know, the Mahomes injury obviously was killer for them, but I still think they'll be okay because the Chargers have been awful this season. The Broncos are obviously not very good. The Raiders are second in that AFC West, but I don't think anyone is seriously expecting the Raiders to contend with the Chiefs. So I think the Chiefs are going to be 5-3 and three after this week. I do think that they're going to lose to the Packers but I don't think it's going to matter all that much because they're not going to get the one seed anyway. They're not going to have home field advantage against the Patriots in the playoffs either way. They just can't – I don't see them gaining several games on the Patriots. So they'll still probably get the two seed uh, even with this setback from the Mahomes injury. Their defense, as you said, greatly improved from last year. And we all know about the offensive firepower when Mahomes is in the game. With those assortment of weapons at receiver, I have your Chiefs at three. Yeah, I uh, you know pretty crazy what a week can do to you. I was in Nebraska watching the game, and you know Mahomes went down, and I was devastated. I you know I was like the season's done. Uh, you know he's out for the year. That's what the first reports were saying. Fast forward a week, and all of a sudden he's practicing with a yeah. chance to play Sunday night. Um, I'm happy he's not playing Sunday night. I think that would be a really stupid thing to do. Um, yeah. Let's keep in mind, um, you know, a dislocated kneecap, obviously, you know, that's better. But he was also dealing with an ankle injury before then. So rushing him back out there with a bad knee and a bad ankle is just a horrible, like, I, 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 I'm I, glad Matt Moore's playing. I think the Chiefs got a shot tomorrow night. I think they lose. 
um, because I, I think it might it'll be a little too much. I think it'll be closer than people are expecting. But um, uh, you know, the, the Chiefs, like you said, they're not going to catch New England. New England plays a terrible schedule, so why why rush Mahomes out there? You're not. It's not like you're playing for the one seed tomorrow night. Um, you know, with, with something on the line, and you also got to watch out for your long term. Uh, uh, you know, investment with Mahomes. You don't want him to mess up permanently. And it's it kind of ran under the radar last week because of obviously the home, Mahomes injury, but uh, the entire AFC West lost except the Chiefs. So, you know, the Chargers, of course, did the most chargery thing possible, losing the Titans on the goal line. Um, and then, you know, the Raiders obviously got beat and the Chiefs beat the Broncos. So, you know, the Chiefs are sitting comfortable in first place and uh, no need to rush Mahomes back this week. Yes, exactly. Uh, you cut out there for a little bit at the end, but I think that what you're saying is that you think the Chiefs are going to lose tomorrow night, but it will be sort of close, and you're not too concerned about the Chiefs. Yep. All right, sounds good. In that case, my number four team is the Green Bay Packers for a lot of the reasons that I mentioned before. As Aaron Rodgers quoted after week one, we got a defense, and yes, they do. Jair Alexander is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL Blake Martinez leads the NFL in tackles and they're anchoring an overall solid defense Matt LaFleur's offense has played well Aaron Rodgers might be back to the old Aaron Rodgers that we saw where he would throw 40 touchdowns a season and overall the culture just seems different with the Packers this season where it's not all on the back of Aaron Rodgers to carry this team it seems that they're really um, well-rounded and plus they've done all this without Devontae Adams I agree with that. I like Packers are a good team. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't understand the Matt LaFleur hiring uh, at the time, but, you know, it's, it's working out right now. And, you know, it is amazing when you give Aaron Rodgers a defense, you give great quarterbacks a defense that, uh, you know, they don't have to be great. It's like the Chiefs. You know, you don't need a great defense. You just need a defense that can manage and get stops when they need to. And, you know, now that Aaron Rodgers it seems like, you know, it was kind of crazy to hear him say a couple weeks ago, we need to do our part of the offense because the last couple of years it's always been, you know, uh, a shootout up there in Green Bay. So uh, I agree with that. I, li- I like them at four. Correct. And number five, I went back and forth between a couple different teams for this. I think it could be the Minnesota Vikings. Back these days, he could. He is capable more often than not. Um, it's just until they play a good team that he's not. Um it could be when it matters right right when it actually matters but besides that he's good uh it could be the seattle seahawks who are also five and two have one of the best rush attacks in the nfl and russell wilson's probably an mvp front runner it could even be the dallas cowboys or the houston texans who are both four and three but but um we we all know about how good those teams can be and there could be the buffalo bills at five and one but the team i'm going with here is the Baltimore Ravens. Five and two, you know, they really needed that win against the Seahawks. They were slipping so fast. And for a four and two team, it was the most negative coverage around a team that you could imagine. But Lamar Jackson, MVP candidate, they had a big win in a tough place to play. They're still five and two. They're going to easily win that AFC North. Their defense is still great. And coming off an awful loss, the Ravens bounce back. They're in my top five. Yeah, I like that. The Ravens are a good team. It's amazing. You know, you know, everyone thought that after that playoff game last year, they, everyone had figured out Lamar Jackson, right? You put nine guys in the box and you make him throw it over the top and, and you can't do anything. But, you know, Lamar Jackson's proven the haters wrong. He's, he's uh, you know, show he's got an arm. He's much more than just a mobile quarterback. 
And, uh, you know, I, I like that pick. I, I, I like the Cowboys a lot. I, I, I know that they, they obviously had the three-game losing streak and looked terrible in those games. But, you know, beating the Eagles, that, that was a must-win game right. this early in the season. That was, you know, division on the line. If they lost four straight, people – I mean, Jason Garrett might not have made another week. And, um, you know, uh, that was pretty big. Uh, I, I think they have a lot of talent on their roster. They're one of the most purely talented teams on in the uh, – NFL, and I really like that they added Michael Bennett from the Patriots. You can never have enough pass rushers. I think that's a great add. And, uh, you know, the Cowboys are a good team. I like what you said about, you know, the Vikings. I don't know that I believe in them in terms of going to the Super Bowl or something like that. Right, but, exactly. uh, uh, yeah, and the, Seattle is a little thin. I feel like they rely too much on Russell Wilson. They just don't uh, – they don't have the, the, the perimeter weapons to go deep in the playoffs, I believe. Um you know, the defense is, is good. They're not great. Uh, and, you know, I, I feel like in the playoffs that they're going to be forced to throw the ball a little bit. And I just don't know that um, Wilson's receivers can give him enough uh, production from there. Yeah, I agree with you on pretty much all of that. So um, are there what, – what's the – is Chiefs Packers the biggest NFL? Yeah, there's uh oh what is it? There's Chiefs Packers. There's uh, uh Browns Patriots should be interesting. Uh Browns oh, yeah. kind of in a must win situation. Uh and you know they coming off a bye, so you think they'll they'll hopefully be ready for that. Uh, let me check here and see the other games that we got. Chargers Bears is kind of interesting. Both teams coming off ugly losses. Um, you know uh. Do they really need to get these games to stay in this race? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to talk about the Giants for too long, but um, they play Detroit, and I was yeah, that's a good game. I was actually. I, I usually don't get mad while watching the Giants anymore, but I was actually mad um, last week when they lost to the Cardinals because I felt they were two and four, one game, one game behind the lead in the division. And, like, they had a real shot at the playoffs against a not-great team at home, and they absolutely blew it. And now they're 2-5, and five and it's pretty much over. But it's okay. I mean, this was expected to be a rebuilding year, so I'm not too mad about it. Daniel Jones has come back down to earth. We now know that he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> um, I, I mean, he's just not. I mean... He's he shown no, a lot of promise, though. I mean, the, Gi- I'm, I'm, the Giants aren't out of it. Two and five, that division is all stacked right. up close. You win a couple division games, that thing's right there. Right. That's the thing. But that that's why – you understand why a loss to the Cardinals is frustrating when you're in the hunt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, – another, another great game yeah. – oh, sorry. You go. No, go for it. Um, another great game tomorrow I'm excited to watch is Bills-Eagles. Uh, Eagles going to the B- Buffalo – I'm excited because I know the Eagles are three and four, but they're an extremely talented team, and they could—they're the kind of team that could beat anybody in the NFL and lose anybody. But um, it's exciting. It's exciting to see Buffalo. See, this is one of their first. Like, you know, they looked good against the Patriots, even in the loss. You, you wonder if they had Josh Allen, if they win the game. Now you got a good Eagles team coming to town. I know they've had some struggles, but this is a, this is a moment where the Bills can really um, show the world that they're they're a legit team. The Eagles needing a win. Um, they're going to be motivated for this game and, you know, see if the Bills can uh, pull that one out. Yeah, well, we have a little bit of time to kill on the NBA if you want to, unless you have anything else to add on the NFL. No, let's do it. All right, let's let's start this off with, I'm going to play one last clip in this episode. 
Um, completely irrelevant to anything going on in the NBA at all right now. I just like the clip, so let's take a listen. For the three right away. Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Wall go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. And I, I didn't even want the Heat to win that game. I just really like that call. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's been an extremely exciting week of NBA basketball. Some great games. I was disappointed the opening night. The Lakers fell to the Clippers. That was disappointing. Um, they bounced back yesterday against the Jazz. Put on a really good defensive performance, uh, holding them to uh, uh, under 80 points in the 70s. Um, you know, the 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 Warriors. That's an interesting. You know, the, the the Clippers went up there and trounced them. So, you know, I wonder how that's going to go with, you know, Clay Thompson obviously being out now and now really we get to see Steph Curry for the first time in a long time, be the guy and not have a ton of help around him. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's a bit too early for me to make a generalization, especially in a league like the NBA. So, you know what I mean? Like it's only been two games. I'm not going to overgeneralize anything. But the one thing, a few things I can say fairly confident is, A, the Clippers are one of the best, if not the best team in the NBA. And they didn't even have Paul George in that opening night against the Lakers, and they still got the win. And I don't even think Kawhi Leonard has led the Clippers in scoring in either of their two first games. But, you know, Lou Williams and Patrick Bevin, they've just looked great. And the Lakers as well. That looks pretty good. They lost to the Clippers, but LeBron and AD just seem to have um, a lot of chemistry functioning right now. And yeah, and I'm I'm excited to see when uh, when Rondo and Kuzma get back. I'm really excited to see right. what Kuzma can do because you know obviously the Clippers didn't have Paul George, we didn't have Kuzma and Rondo. Um, I, I you know they they outscored our bench sixty to nineteen, and hopefully with Rondo and Kuzma coming back, they'll push some guys down that list and maybe uh, – because that, that's really where the Clippers set themselves apart from a lot of teams is because of their bench is really good. Right, correct. Um, Max has been talking about the Clippers a lot. He's all excited about that. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't we'll – he's to, not coming on the podcast. No, that's what I was about to say. We'll have to invite him on the podcast a few times this <laughs> season as this Lakers-Clippers rivalry really vamps up this season. Yeah, we will, but uh, a limited <laughs> segment. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that was uh, that was a good time. We'll uh, yeah. come quick, back with you guys in a in a, quick, uh, uh, a couple. Of... Uh, you go. Quick. Yeah. Yes. We we are we are concluding. Um, one last quick update on college football before we go, because a lot has changed in the last thirty-seven minutes and fifty-two seconds. Nineteen Michigan is beating Notre Dame seventeen to zero. With seven minutes and fifteen seconds left in the second half, Michigan. How about UCLA up on Arizona State, twenty-one seven? USC is beating Arizona State twenty-one to seven, which is good for USC in the South. UCLA, Clemson, yep. Clemson has now opened up their lead on Boston College, and they're going to win that game. Sorry, so sorry for bashing Clemson, but again, it's only Boston College, so I don't really care. <laughs> but anyway. Thank you all for listening. Michigan is beating Notre Dame 17-0, and I need to go watch that. So we will see you next time.
Once again, thank you all for listening. If you made it all the way through, we both appreciate you. One last update on Michigan Notre Dame. Michigan is still up 17-0. It appears that it's going, it is going into halftime. It doesn't appear that it's going into halftime. It is going into halftime in a torrential downpour. And it appears that Michigan might just win this game considering it's hard to move the ball in this downpour. Um, Thank you all for listening. See you next time.